You are listening to Rouge, White and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White and Blue podcast. I am still not Oz Davis. He is still unavailable. I am Joe Pritchard, and joining me this week from the Canadian Football Countdown is Trey Colbeck. Trey, um, nice to have another Bomber fan here. Oh, yeah, it's always great to talk blue and gold, man, and CFL in general. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> uh, I'm sure people get sick of it. Uh, I waved the flag pretty well already, so two of us are probably driving the Ryder fans away already, but... We'll we'll do our best not to not to completely piss if, anybody. If off. it's fair, I, I put the bombers finishing at like I wasn't high on them this year. I think I put them at seven eleven, so they're very exceeding my expectations. So I've been pretty hard on them this year. Yeah, I, I was a little bit higher on them. Uh, I but I do I, I I've been a bomber fan long enough to have some of the collective trauma the fan base has had. So. You'll, you'll hear every so often, even when things are going well, a little bit of trepidation in my voice. Uh, I had a lot of it on Thursday night. 22 to nothing didn't feel so good. No, I almost turned the game off, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> no, I knew there was too much time on the clock yet, but 22 to nothing, starting quarterbacks out, all the momentum on the other side. It's like, hmm, this might not be my night. And then Drew Brown just decided to take over. No, 100%. It's actually crazy that on our podcast last week, we had the discussion. Adam brought up who's the best backup quarterback in the league. And I actually said Drew Brown because I think he's been sitting on a lot of potential. And the little we've seen here and there preseason, late fourth quarter, I knew he had this. He's just never had the chance, right? When you're sitting behind, what, two, three straight time MOP. You know, it's kind of hard to get playing time when you're sitting behind the Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes of this league, right? Yeah, and he has shown out the few times we've seen him. Uh, last year in the opener, he came and led the game-winning drive. He did a pretty decent job with in a game against in BC, against BC late last year with a lot of starters sitting out. Uh, made a few mistakes, but I mean, at that point, he's basically a rookie. So I think it was his second career start because I think he might have had one at the end of 2021 as well. So the few chances we've seen uh, uh, Drew Brown, uh, we've seen good things, but I don't think even the uh, most diehard Bomber fan was expecting what we got. Oh, I thought I don't maybe I'm looking at his lines. I wasn't expecting four touchdowns, three, seven yards, but I was I was in the I was kind of thinking I didn't like the contract to Caleros. Again, I'm very hard on the Bombers. I was thinking four years to him was a little bit too much when you have a guy like Drew Brown. Now, if, hey, anyone listening to this, go back to my podcast because then I you can listen that I've proved that I say this all the time. And I'm not just saying this for your podcast now, right? But uh, I don't know. I, I definitely thought he had a shot. Now, in a fair game starting 0-0, I would have said he would have been able to win this. Now, giving Edmonton, what, 22 points? <laughs> a 22-point handicap? And a quarter, too. And a quarter, right? I didn't... I was thinking, let's at least get a win by a... Make it make it decent, you know? Make it decent. But to win by nine, I was like... Because I was thinking I might get to cover the spread still, you know, <laughs> when this game was almost over. <laughs> yeah, it got darn close, too. Um, but And most of the quarterback talk uh, before this game was... Trey Ford getting his first start of the season. 
And I thought they game planned pretty well for him. I thought he did a pretty good job. Again, what is his second career start and like his third uh, decent amount of action in a game? Yeah. And he he made a few mistakes that you expect a young quarterback to make, but he did well with what he was given. Oh, no, I agree. If you're looking at his stat line, 2 189, what touchdown and interception. How many games have we seen Caleros? you know, have lines similar to that and somehow get the job done, right? He's, he did enough. I mean, one interception, that's the same Drew Brown had. You know, he also picked up 50 with his yacht, like on his on the ground. I, I, I had him in my fantasy lineup this week. A very cheap price if you want to play that angle. And he gave me some decent points. So, you know, I think I, I've been one that thought he should be started a long time ago. I never had faith in Cornelius like other people seem to, especially ones in that Edmonton coaching staff. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? Like, have you thought that Cornelius Outlaid is like welcome there as a starter? Do you think Trey Ford, you know, wh- where where is that at? I thought it was time for a change. I mean, yeah. 0 and 8, that means something's not right. Uh, he got a decent amount of playing time in 2021. He got most of the playing time in 2022. He wasn't terrible, but he also, with the talent around him, he wasn't going to make that team better either. And then this year, it seemed like he was trying too hard. A lot of the mistakes that he was making were just trying to make something happen out of nothing. Um, funny that we mentioned mentioned it in a game where Zach Kolaros made the exact same exact play that uh, got Cornelius in hot water a few weeks ago. But that's kind of been Cornelius's mo is just doing trying to do too much. No, I I agree, and I don't know like. That that was the team of champions, right? If you think of Edmonton between the Oilers and the football team, man, like to see them be what 0 and 9 now and just uh, never win at home in however many seasons, it's just tough to see. Like, reg- regardless of the name, it's tough to see Edmonton not win, right? You know, it's just you're not used to it. No. No, you no. Like, as a as a guy from Manitoba, you know, people talk all the time about the Gretzky Oilers always beating the old Jets, right? And that's kind of the same thing that translated into football when we were in our 29-year drought, right? Was Calgary, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, BC always found a way to beat us. And I don't know, this is, just doesn't look right. And is Chris Jones a head coach? You know, is that kind of the thing too? Like, he's does he have too much? Is this on him? Was this on Victor Cooey? Like, there's a lot of other things that we could spend hours talking about, right, Joe? Yeah, and with Victor Cui being let go in a nice way, from the sounds of it, uh, I don't have I don't have enough knowledge of what the heck happened. Uh, I just know it's a bad look, simply because he was getting positive feedback from the fan base as, for what he was doing. We have no idea what happened behind closed doors, so it's hard for us to say whether it's justified or not, or if he's just taking one for the team or what have you. But again, they're in a very precarious position, and they have been for, gosh, the last five years now, it feels like. Yeah, it's so much going on there. I kind of, it feels like bombers 15, 20 years ago, like, you know, and it didn't get much better for a while, right? And then all that you need is a guy like Miller and Osh to come in and things turn around, right? So I think they just need to find those pieces. And yeah, everyone thought Cooey was maybe that guy, but I don't know. Did the I don't know. There's a lot, right? Did they just give too much to Jones? I never felt Jones was one 
And I think the salary cap, I hate the coach's salary cap. Like it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. It, it, we can see how bad it's ha- like handcuffing teams, right? And I think Edmonton's one of them. Yeah, that said, though, he was starting from ground zero. There wasn't that's a lot true. of talent there to begin with. No. So, Well, that's true. There's a lot you can do. And, but and, in the same and way, hate, you can buy a team. You can buy a team pretty quickly, but we've seen over the past 10 years, whoever wins free agency mm-hmm. tends to lose on the field. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I see that. Yeah, what, they're, what they need to do is they need, and it's really funny, I, I don't, I know Edmonton fans are going to disagree with me, but I almost think Jones deserves one more season simply to try to build a foundation. Because when he came in, there was nothing. He spent all last year basically in an extended preseason. And then this year, well, there was expectations of more, but clearly that foundation isn't built yet. I would would imagine he probably only has one more year if he doesn't get pushed out at the end of this year. But I almost think he needs one more offseason to see if he can build that foundation to try to make the team um, viable. Because right now it's not. It's not. No, and... And, and there's so many problems. And it's not going to be solved by one move. It's going to have to be. You've got to find your corners, your bedrock. You've got to find people to build around. And that's not there yet. No, I agree. I agree with everything you're saying. And I, he's a tough position to fill, especially with that cap. He's a GM coach. You know what I mean? You got to find right. either and three guys gonna, to replace yeah. him or you got to find one guy who can do everything. And that's right. hard to find. Right. So you're in that tough position. The finances of the team aren't great. Yeah. Might as well ride with it and see what else, what could happen. Yeah. Make perfect sense, man. Uh, I guess going back to Cornelius though, for one second though, do you think he's a player that would benefit from a new new surroundings, or do you think he just doesn't have it? I wish I had my buddy Ryan on because he loved Cornelius because he he was very high on him even last year, and I almost passed out when I heard his contract was like four hundred thousand a year or something, and I'm like, what are you, what has this guy done? You know, him, I think he's getting paired equal to Mayor, if not more, and I'm like, I don't think he's done anything to deserve that but i do see the pieces he is kind of mobile he's a tall guy right you see you've seen him get out of the pocket he it was very good because i think one thing actually adam even said on our podcast before i'm going to steal everything from those guys um that that he said that uh he felt that he was an american player who's too used to the college game where quarterbacks can take off and then you see this big wide open canadian field and your eyes go big like oh man i got all this room and then you realize when you start rolling out, oh, these quarterbacks can run. These middle linebackers can catch me even in this wide field. And you might not get the same result as you were hoping for or what you were thinking in your head from the college days. And that's kind of what I saw from him. And to a new team, I mean, how many players on Edmonton might benefit from a new surrounding? Probably most of True. them. Most of them. At most this of point, them. Like, yeah, it, the environment there isn't working. Like Trey Ford, watch him be, you know, one of the best players in the league if he was on any other team. You know what I mean? If he actually got the keys and had some more talent around him and stuff, or, you know, or at least a top five quarterback, not starting now in week 10. You know, I think he's a guy that could, could, he could have benefit from another team, Cornelius for sure. But again, who wants to pick up that contract if, you know, I'm not, I don't remember like what's guaranteed anymore and stuff like that. But who wants to pick that up? Who wants to deal with that? And, 
But there are teams that need quarterbacks. You know, it seems like they're going out left, right, and center in almost every team. Well, two teams that had quarterbacks that were out this past week were the Riders and the Alouettes. And Montreal seemed to do all right. And Saskatchewan is still struggling to find their fit. I call, I called this game because I thought it was going to be... Uh, he didn't even play, but I thought it was going to be the Cordy Fajardo... Uh, I'm like, this is, this is the guy you let go to uh, Saskatchewan, but I think the rest of his team did it for him. Right. Like they all seem to stand up for him. Um, I've liked Montreal. I actually even put money on them to win the great cup. I can't remember what it paid out off season, but I thought they were kind of that dark horse team that if they sneak in second in the East, what they got a game against Toronto and then anything can happen against the West teams in a cold day in Hamilton. Right. You know, I like what they've got going here and, as I thought, I wasn't sure on them very early in the season with um, the Gary Stern thing and, you know, all that turnaround too and the new ownership. But then when the new ownership came in, I was like, you know what? This is a company that, you know, is somewhat of a French competitor with Bell. You know, they've got a lot of money. They got all this weight. They don't want to mess around. I think they are going to go from day one. And what are they, five and three now? Like, you know, they're fighting for something like that. Five and four. Yeah. Five and three is what I'm seeing. Five and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are they only losing to Toronto in the East? Like, that's not what I was thinking this team was going to be. I thought they're going to be fighting with Ottawa and Hamilton kind of to fight off the crossover. But we make, I made this, we making jokes. There could be an East team crossing over into the West, you know, how things are going with some of these there teams. Absolutely could be. It's in play. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one that was higher on Montreal than most. That turmoil in February couldn't have happened at a worse time, and having them lose the talent they lost made everybody write them right off. But I thought they found their feet, and I thought they would have enough to make to make things interesting this year, and so far they are. 100%. And, uh, you know, again, it might have just been a different scenery for Fajardo up until this point and Jason Moss, right? Now they have different scenery. They have a new fresh start. They have, you know... And Saskatchewan, man, must be one of the worst places to play in or play for just with the the microscopes and the magnifying glasses and, you know, a, t- a city of what, 200,000 Regina, the province of not even a million. I, you know, everyone knows the riders. You go in there, they're like, I don't like football, but my family would disown me if I didn't wasn't a rider fan. Right. So you wouldn't that's that's got to be the Maple Leafs of the CFL. Right. And the Cowboys of the CFL, the team that just oh, you, when you're good. You're the you're the mayor of the city, right? They'll give you the keys. You get an unlimited tab at the bars, everything. But when you're not good, that's not the team I want to play for. No, and you they've know, had and, they've had a bit of a rough ride. Not to pardon the pun, uh, over the past what six weeks? How long has it been since Harris has been out? Four to six weeks at this point. I'm like that. Yeah, See, I was impressed with him early on when he was doing good. I was pretty impressed with him, and I thought, you know, ooh. Come Labor Day Banjo Bowl, this might be a good matchup, you know, when you get these teams of a couple play- weeks and, you know, just injuries everywhere. Yeah, and that's and that's something that every team has had to deal with, but they seem to have more than their share. Uh, Jake Dolagala did get uh, plenty of playing time this week, and there were calls for him over the past few weeks to come in and play, and I think those are going to be a little bit quieter this week. Yeah, I'm just looking at the stats between the two guys. It's you're, you're between a rock and hard place, though. You know, Fine hasn't showed much, and Dalagala has not shown much. You know, you're gonna put Gainer back in there. I don't know what you're gonna do, right? Like, and, how much and, you're gonna, and, you know? And it was a few weeks ago too, or even last week, we were talking on this show about 
how the rider receivers didn't get the credit they deserved, and they got to have somebody to throw them the ball, though. I like their talent at receiver. They're just not getting the chances to show what they can do. No, I agree. Like, just looking at their stats, the highest guy had 41 yards receiving. Like, you know, you can't. I think the Bombers and other teams in BC have three or four guys over that a week, you know, and, and I'm actually surprised Morrow ended up with 81 rushing yards. That's something, you know, the Prairie teams need to really ride on, especially when we get the cold weather out here, right? 81 yards is not bad for Morrow. And again, a team who's had Jason Moss up until this year as their OC that doesn't like to run the ball that I like seeing that. And even the other guy looked like had a one yard, one yard run for 18 yards. Right. So yeah, you got to run the ball, but then you got to do those play actions as we've seen with BC, Winnipeg do, those deep play actions when you got a guy wide open. And I just don't think Saskatchewan's got A, the quarterback and the receiving. Maybe they have the receiving core. I don't know if they have the quarterback necessarily wanting to make those throws. No, and uh, going on to the next game, Calgary doesn't have that quarterback either from the looks of it. Oh. I don't know about that either, Mayor. Like, he just, has that just, was he just in the lucky time that, you know, again, he, I always use NFL analogies. He was um, Garoppolo and Brady left, finally. Brady actually left, right? And now he got the keys, and we see Garoppolo get the keys, and he's not quite the guy we thought he was, right? And now we see this guy not quite be the guy we think he is either, right? Like, I was in a game last year, Hamilton and Calgary, in, in Calgary, and that game was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I just didn't see any, the the quarterback I liked the best was um the third the third and short guy on Calgary. Um, uh, Stevens, Stevens, right? Yeah. yeah, Stevens. Yeah, that's the only guy I actually half liked because you know he just was dirty and gritty and did those plays and he got up and happy. The other two guys I can't remember who was that would have been Dane Evans for Hamilton at the time mm-hmm. and Mayor. And I just was not actually. I think even Bo came in maybe late, late that game. For a little bit and i was like i didn't i didn't like anybody i saw out there and it was just i to find it to win in this league you need two good quarterbacks you know we're seeing with injuries and some of these teams don't even have one and it's kind of showing on the field no and the and mayor when he was the backup and was filling in for Bo Levi mitchell when he was hurt was coming in and throwing 300 guard games every week but teams were game planning for Bo Levi mitchell throwing the ball deep and Mayer throws it short and lets his receivers do the job. Now that teams are game planning for Mayer, they're making him try to make the 20-plus yard throws. And he's uh, the Ottawa game being the exception to the rule because he was making the throws that day. Beyond that, forget it. That's your that's your defensive game plan against Calgary is to make Mayer throw the ball longer than 20 yards. If you can do that, you've got it. And BC showed that wasn't a problem for them. No, 100%. Because, again, looking at the stats, their highest receiver had 36 yards and yak yards. No one had over 20 yak yards. Like you just said, he's throwing these short and they're getting wrapped up. And he was relying on these guys getting, you know, a bunch of breaking tackles and getting wide open space. But, man, I mean, I would kill to have the Bombers defense with as many yak yards given up in a game because I, I hate the defense we have here. That's a whole other story. But... I hate the wide open CFL field, those drag routes, and they're wide open. You should be getting what the highest guy has 18 yak yards. You could get that in one play in the CFL with how high these or how wide these fields are. And I think that was who was that? That's Odom Boot Dukes. And that, that guy should be getting way more. Like you got you got talent again on this receiving courts. Bagleton, Odom Dukes. 
Um, Kadeem Carey out of the backfield, Dedrick Mills out of the backfield. You got tons of talent in the offense. It's just you need to get it to them, and I don't think they have the guy that can get it to them. No, and BC's firing on all cylinders again. Both the Bombers and the Lions decided to have their worst games of the season against each other. So we still don't know how yeah. well they match up when they're both playing well. But both teams that, are pretty yeah, darn... That, that's a third meeting I can't wait for. Whenever yeah. that game is, that's... So... I think the fourth the fourth meeting is going to be nuts too, wherever it is. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I want a home game, but it'd be nice to be in the Dome in BC place too. Oh, that'd be, you know... <laughs> it might actually help the Bombers offense to be yep. there. Assuming, of course, that they can get over the, the Lions home field advantage, which they've been steadily building up over the past year or two. True. I mean, we're not back to the 80s yet, but we're trending that way. Mm. So speaking of good news in the CFL, instead of all the bad news, BC is back. <laughs> no, that's another thing off season. I didn't think they were going to take too much of a step back without Rourke. I have a, had a lot of faith in Vernon Adams. Even I thought he might have should have had the keys in Montreal a little bit longer than he did. And and now coming into BC, he made the right choice. He knew this kid was going to go to the NFL and make it. And this is going to be his team this year. And you know, other than what was he hurt for a game, right? Other than that, he's he showed this is his team and he's just doing just as well as a lot of the other quarterbacks who are healthy this year, right? And geez, they keep beating teams by 20 plus points every week. That's these lines are just unreal. They're good. Yeah. It's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> That's all I gotta say about that. The race for the West. It's a two team race, and it's gonna be nuts the whole year. Oh yeah, VA's stats are almost identical to Drew Brown's. Four touchdowns, one interception, and three hundred and some yards. That's unreal. And and they got like their receiving core too. Like probably the top two receiving cores have to be BC and Winnipeg, right? With that ridiculous talent they have: like Hatcher, mm-hmm. Hollins, Whitehead, Katoy, McKinnis. Like, how do you fit all these guys on here? Like, same. I don't get it. And there's a salary. It's cap. like both teams are trying to build fantasy rosters with big receiving numbers. <laughs> I would kill to have this as a fantasy. I don't think I don't think Ryan will let me have half these guys. No, I, I don't think they'd fit. <laughs> oh man. I'll even try to sneak them onto my NFL fantasy if I could. Hatcher had 170 yards this week. I missed this. This was the one game I didn't really I was and I couldn't fully watch, but oh my goodness, when I saw the score, I was like, this is again, I didn't think Cal it's a yeah, Saskatchewan Calgary is going to be the road, like they're gonna be fighting off these East teams, right? For that third place. Because Edmonton I can't see turning it around too much, but I mean, season starts in Labor no. Day, right? That but... sixth playoff spot is going to be a turtle derby this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then so it's classic CFL fashion. Watch that team go 3-0 and in the playoffs, right? You know, That'd but... be a lot of fun. Yeah. But it, it ticked me off in one way, but at the other, uh, the other hand, it'd be a lot of fun. Oh, the first crossover, and then it makes it an East-East Grey Cup. That would just... That would drive everybody in the West insane. <laughs> for how many years have we been saying, oh, this is going to be the year for West-West? <laughs> and assuming you're not counting Winnipeg when they were in the East, we haven't yeah. gotten there yet. No. No. <laughs> well, one of those teams that is chasing that six-player spot is Ottawa, and mm. they did win against Toronto, but they stood there and gave as well as they got for most of the game. Which a lot of teams aren't doing against Toronto this year. No, Toronto's been my team. I made sure I went to their home opener. I got my ring around here somewhere. I lost it, but anyway, I got that. I, I got three straight rings because I've been heavy on Toronto. Had heavy 
on Chad Kelly. I picked him as my number one quarterback coming into this year because all I said was he did one drive in November that Caleros couldn't. You know what I mean? Like that he did one little thing. And when I first said it, sure, maybe I was a Petty Bomber fan. But the more I thought about it, I was like, no, he's he's got something. He's got some 400 yards, four touchdowns. Man, why does Boris Beatty have a pass? Did I miss that too? Anyway, uh, that was crazy. a that was a failure on a field goal that oh okay didn't go so hot. <laughs> okay, okay, because I was like, whoa, Beatty's one for one. When did he get in there? But uh, you know, and this is a team too that I didn't. Oh, that's unreal. You have Andrew Harris, who when he gets the ball, he's still showing something. You know, I wouldn't ride him for a full sixty, but when he gets, when I was there for that home opener. He kept getting the ball near the red zone, and that's when his eyes lit up, right? Olette did a lot of the heavy work in the middle of the field, and then you have to deal with Olette, and then you're like, oh, by the way, Drew, Andrew, get in there. That's tough for defenses, right? Like, a lot of teams maybe have a like a skill guy and then a power guy, not two power guys who also have a low ton of skill, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> like, these guys, uh, this is unreal. And then their receiving core, well, they had two guys over 100 in receiving, like this team's under Curly Gittens is probably one of their lesser receivers this year, and he's probably one of everyone thinks he's one of the most talented guys in the league. Right? Which like, really just goes to show you that each quarterback's got their own way of handling mm-hmm. an offense. Because you would have imagined Curly Gittens was going to be up there at the top of the receiving leaderboard, and it's just not a fit. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I went to I I specifically went to Toronto for work that weekend and I was like I got to go to that game and get a ring. Anyway, yeah. I mean, if if you have a chance, why not go to a game? Oh. But I like the ring from the year before better, I'll be honest. Oh, the two bomber ones are great. Don't get me wrong, but I was like, oh, if I have to get a blue team, I guess I'll take the Argos over. I wouldn't it, want the green it one. It could be worse, it could be green. Yeah. All right. Well, so looking into next week here, interesting matchup on Thursday night Edmonton going into Hamilton Edmonton of course is Edmonton they do have Trey Ford starting again they did show some signs of life last week and Hamilton's had their struggles this year and a lot of quarterback injuries I don't think I'm ready to pull the trigger yet on Edmonton though until I see them actually win a game I think I'm gonna have to ride Hamilton Oh man, I, I don't know. It's a tough one because I agree with you 100%. You don't want to pull a trigger on Edmonton, but the amount of times I've been burned by Hamilton this year, too. Like, you know, I, I've given him a shot. I gave Bo a shot. I gave uh, Schultz a shot. I gave whoever's in there now a shot. I've given them all a shot, right? And then they, at least they got three wins, but it, it's got to be Hamilton, right? That takes this one in Hamilton. Um, but watch, is Edmonton going to win because of the road game? That's, yeah, right. We need to find a place for Edmonton to play that they can yeah. at. So let's not go know. to Edmonton. Yeah, I don't know. Work. This this one's an interesting one because it's one of those ones where I think both teams are so bad, the game's going to be good because they'll be even. You know, I think Edmonton will make it interesting. I think the line uh it's five and a half right now that I got by Hamilton minus five and a half. So I, I, I could see Edmonton covering that, but I think Hamilton's going to win, but it's going to be close. I think. Yeah. It could either be a fantastically fun game to watch, or it could be a complete slog. And I'm kind of leaning toward the latter. 
Yeah, but I, I think it could still be. It's going to be something where it's going to be like three pick sixes and a stupid fumble kind of thing, and they're a kick return. Real sloppy play, but somehow it's going to turn out to be. And okay then in the last that. three minutes, there's going to be three scores. We're going to be raving about how great the game was, yeah. forgetting that the yeah. first 57 minutes were like, oh, God, when is yeah. this over? Could just be two rouges to one, you know, and howling these teams too, right? So I think we take that too. That'd be a lot of fun. Give me a kick out and I'll tell you the game's an all-time classic no matter what. <laughs> I don't know. This one, this one's probably like look like at the whole matchup. You know, I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but if I was gonna miss one, this would be it. Like obviously, but like it's it's a tough one. And I want one team to I wish one of these teams just took one game and said, this is it. You know what I mean? Like if either Edmonton or Hamilton and said, you know what? We're turning around now because you're not running out of time, right? You only got, oh, I guess we got 10 weeks left. But still, you know, you got over half the season done. You got limited time. Both teams are treading water in the playoffs. One of these teams needs to say, hey, Trey Ford needs, who's who's Hamilton's quarterback right now? I'm blanking. Yeah, I'm blanking too. Third stringer. Yeah, because the other two guys are hurt, right? Right. Powell? Still... Yes, no. Taylor Powell. Taylor Powell. There we go. Um, Which shows you how much faith we have in them right now. That's what I mean. Oh, man. Again, on my on our podcast, Ryan just throws all these names out. And I'm like, yeah, I knew that. And um, sure. he's the guy that knows everything. Sure. Um, yeah, I think one of those guys just needs to take control of the game. Or somebody, right? And say, this is ours. It's probably going to end up being a, like we said, probably a 17 14 kind of game where a game winning field goal and everyone's going to be excited because it was close. But it's probably just a snooze fest for 57 minutes, right? I haven't hated what I've seen out of Taylor Powell, to be honest. No? Okay. No. No. I, I mean, a rookie quarterback playing in the CFL. I'd rather have, an, especially an American rookie, sit and watch for a year and learn the game. But, well, He's been the starter almost half the season now because of injuries. So what can you do? You got to do the a, best you can. He had a bye last week too. I'm sure helps a young guy, right? Mm-hmm. So home game, you're in your own or somewhat home own bed. You know, I, I, I could Ham, again. I think Hamilton. This is Hamilton's game to lose, but I wouldn't be overly shocked. Like if you look at Edmonton's schedule, these are probably the ones you're going to circle. They're going to, well, they got back-to-back against Calgary. You could always see a rivalry game go stupid, too. But, you know, you're going to probably think these Eastern teams are going to be the ones that might blow it against Edmonton. But who knows? Watch Edmonton beat Winnipeg and BC sometime, right? You never know. I mean, CFL, right? would, you have been shock- would you have been shocked last Thursday night if it no. would have finished off 22 to nothing? Nope. That that's the it was a, I I the second that kick ball was kicked I just was like mm, this smells like a trap game and all and that week was, I was talking about it and then I never yeah. I pulled the plug on I I bet on the bombers I went on the bombers and then Sue's kickoff I'm like ah Trey you made the biggest mistake a degenerate gambler can make <laughs> and then you fell for the trap game man and but I you know to get to get nine points out of what I think it was twelve and a half when I bet it so I mean that's not bad I'll take that yeah. Yeah, because the lines on that were crazy for times, but I think Bomber fans are happy that they are not that the that the only thing they lost was money potentially in that one. <laughs> yes. Well, they got another chance against another Western team uh, going into Calgary this week, going back out to Alberta, going against a team that has their own weaknesses. I don't see any reason why they don't come out of there with a win either. No, no, as long as, again, as long as they don't give Calgary a 22-point lead to start the game. But, I mean, um, 
No, I I think this one's less of a trap game because I think we know what Calgary is. We know who they are a little bit more than Edmonton is such a mess. It's really hard to pinpoint what they actually are. So I think Calgary, yeah, I think that D line of Winnipeg is just going to make Mayor night a nightmare, right? Like it's, we're going to see that Willie Jefferson guitar probably a thousand times. We're going to see Big Hill in there and, and it's going to be a nightmare for the offense, I think, unless like, again, unless they just catch them napping. Cause I feel like a, there's a couple teams that have caught the Bombers defense napping early on and like BC kind of did it the first time or very well did it the first time. They almost did it the second time too. And um, same with Ottawa when that overtime went against the Bombers, right? They just kind of kept found the time where the defense was napping and maybe thought, you know, oh, there's no way this rookie quarterback is going to come right up the middle in play in overtime, right? And sure enough, what does he do? So unless I think that's what Calgary's main objective is, we got to do something that we haven't done for nine games because we got to make sure Winnipeg's napping on this, which is tough to do, but it's clearly been done, right? Yeah, uh, the first matchup between these two teams, these two teams have been playing classics for the yeah. last few years. And this, the first matchup this year wasn't one. Winnipeg seemed to have their number. That one being in Winnipeg, but I don't see any difference as to uh, as to it being in Calgary this year. Calgary just doesn't scare anybody anymore. No. And here's my question for you wearing the Blue Bomber shirt. Let's say at what percentage do you want Claire? Like how 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 healthy does Claros need to be for you to be like, yeah, go out there, Zach? Does he need to be I mean, we, 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 have ha- we have half a season. If he's yeah. not ready, he's not ready. See, that's what I like about, I hope he does it, because that's my biggest thing against Hamilton, was I think Bo tried coming back too early, right? And then he did something silly and re-hurt himself, right? And I thought, I think the biggest thing that hurt Bo was Bo's ego. And I don't know if Zach has that. I think Zach has shown that he'll sit out, you know, and give this guy the opportunity, but then when it's his opportunity to really come back, because, yeah, we don't need to risk hurting him for a week 11 matchup against Calgary, right? No, no. Because second place is almost as good as first place this year. Yeah, you have I, one actually, ex- I agree with yeah. you. I agree with you, but as you know, Winnipeg after Saskatchewan might be the second most toxic fan base in any sport league, right? So you know yeah. how it's going to be a little, it's going to, yeah. it's not going to be fun. But I don't think second place is a death sentence either. I don't think BC's home field advantage is such that if Winnipeg finishes second this year because they decided to sit Zach Claros out for a week, I don't think that's the end of it. I think you have one Sunday, one Sunday in November. The Bombers have as good of a passing game as BC does. Let's go. Now, I think if I'm Osh or Buck and or Buck Pierce, I tell them you're sitting this week and next. Be ready Labor Day. That's kind of what I'm saying, you know. Oh, shoot, my mouse died. But anyway, I think that's kind of where I'm at right here um, with that one. And I, and I, and Bo, it, yeah, I, I don't think Bo's going to, or not Bo, Brown's going to buy steal his job by any means. Like, he, he, what, he, he's going to have to go a thousand yards a game and do something ridiculous to really steal that spot, right? So, no, this is Zach's team. And if he sits one or two weeks just to make sure he's right, he sits one or two weeks just to make sure he's right. And I don't see that changing the dynamic of the game. I see when I see Winnipeg having the receivers to and having Drew Brown being a CFL caliber starting quarterback. They'll go ahead and make the plays they have to. They'll give it to Brady to wear down the defense. They'll probably win it 
high 20s to low teens, something there, 28 to 12 or something like that. Sorry, I 100% agree. My thing got disconnected here while I was trying to fix my mouse. So it's making sure my video and audio or my audio is all good for you. So yeah, all good. <laughs> okay, We're still sweet. here. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. No, yeah, I completely agree. And Oliver is another guy who sneakily he just he might get another thousand yards. He's just a guy you don't. I don't feel like I ever see him out there. You know, you don't really think he's out there, and then you check the stats at the end of the game, and you're like, he got ninety yards. He got a hundred yards. Well, what happens is that we get to the beginning of the fourth quarter. The Bombers are up a touchdown or two, and then all of a sudden it's the Brady show, and mm-hmm. he they have a nice long drive. Brady runs seven times out of ten plays, and he racks up a lot of his yards on that drive but it finishes the game off at just as well as anything else Mm -hmm. that's crazy because again that's another position where people kind of maybe thought the sky was falling a little bit and and it was tough to know do you go with harris or do you go with Oliver? and you know they made a pretty good choice i i mean harris is still like i said doing pretty good in toronto but you know Oliver, just if he gets another thousand or high 900 yard season i'm very impressed with that and and that's something you want going into November. Yeah, and that may may be an advantage come no- November. Although BC has their own running game that works just as well as the Bombers do. So either which matchup we get in November, unless we see a crazy upset in the semifinal, I'm looking for. I'm looking twelve weeks ahead. That's going to be our West final. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. 100%. Like, it's going to be something crazy take place, like a real major injury between some, like, you know, a couple injuries, maybe. You know what I mean? If Calaris and Drew Brown go down and VA and, um, oh, why is there, uh, Dane, Dane Evans, Evans and Dane Evans go down. Like, it's going to be something crazy like that, that I think one of those teams won't be in there. But, you know, again, we've been CFL fans long enough. We've seen nine and nine teams win the Grey Cup and, yeah, seen, stranger things seen, do happen, yeah. but if I, but if I have to put I have to put a guess out there, that's my guess. Yeah. Um, looking at some teams that are fighting for those playoff spots, Montreal going into Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I I almost uh, call this the game of the week. You I know, think how, it would be. Yeah, because Ottawa had a really rough start. They had Mazzoli out for a few weeks at the start of the year they got him back and lost him just as quickly things were never really settled there until Dustin Crum ended up as a starter and now they're competitive in every game they play they're still not winning consistently but at least they have the tools to win now no they're not exactly they're not winning consistently but if you look at their last well Sorry, I'm just trying to think here. It's been a couple of weeks now. Yeah, they've so they've lost a few in a row here after beating Winnipeg, it looks like, right? But again, they lost against Toronto, which you never know. Yeah, they've lost four straight since beating Winnipeg. No, sorry. Nope, they beat Winnipeg and Calgary back to Calgary, back. yeah. Right, you're, you're right. They lost so, to Hamilton again, which yeah. is a huge thing in the standings. And then Saskatch- at Saskatchewan, lost yeah. by two. Yep. And then lost it at Toronto. I mean, that's nothing yeah. to be ashamed of. So No, I'm I'm not shocked about that one. The Saskatchewan one and then the Hamilton one, like you said, it's kind of like, ooh, that's a tie break situation that they needed. But yeah, I mean, not too bad though, saying that you beat Winnipeg on the year in Calgary. You know, that's two decent wins and a decent resume they're building. But coming into this week, like I think, you know, if they get the win here, then they 
get four. Yeah, then they're only a game back of Montreal, right? And that's kind of the sec, the place you want to be because you. I think you still have to somewhat be conscious of an East team being like mm, that third place isn't guaranteed in this division. It hasn't been for however many years, you know. So I think these two teams, they to really guarantee a playoff spot, they need that second place, right? So this is a big one when both teams go into like Montreal gets Winnipeg next week while Ottawa gets Edmonton, right? So, you know, it's kind of, you got to look at that way too, right? What's coming up next and two points is two points. Yeah, I guess I think this game's really going to come down to can Ottawa put pressure on the quarterback? Yep. If it's Cody Fajardo, that helps because he's a little bit less able to get the ball out as fast. Caleb Evans actually had a pretty decent game. Uh, but he's also one that is probably going to take his time getting the ball out of his hands against a de- against most defenses. So if Ottawa can find their pass rush again, they're in decent shape. No, I agree. And the betting line's what two, two and a half in Montreal's favor too, right? So it's gonna that's pretty much a coin flip in the CFL, like with the Rouge, two and a half in the NFL. I take all day because that's a field goal, right? But in the CFL with the Rouge, it's really tough. Like I could see this game again being, oh, I could see it kind of being similar to Edmonton Hamilton, where it could end up being a kind of a snooze fest, and then something comes out late. Or, you know, these teams have both proven that, you know, Montreal put up 41 against Saskatchewan, right? And Ottawa put up 31 against Toronto, and they have a pretty good defense. That's a losing effort, but 31 points is a lot more than other teams have done, right? Yeah, you know, and they so... put up 43 against Calgary, and Calgary... Yeah. Calgary is still Calgary as far as, as, far as their defense goes. Yeah. So, yeah, they can, you know, put, they can light up... Both teams can light up the scoreboard. It could be fun. I think yeah, this one I'm gonna make sure Saturday night. Okay, or yeah, I'm gonna be home for this one. All right, <laughs> and finally, one that you might not want to put too much effort to being home for BC <laughs> going into Saskatchewan. I don't see this one ending well for the guys in green. Let me just think. I'm gonna give you an honest answer here. One second. Nine and a half. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. Cause again, I start sniffing that trap game, but I don't know if Saskatchewan's got it in them. You know, it's it. You gave BC over a week to prepare for it. Both teams got over a week to prepare for this. It's not a slow turnaround. It's only BC to Saskatchewan. It's not like BC's flying out to Montreal. Uh, yeah. BC should just dominate this one Sunday afternoon. I think. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I hope the Pilsners are a half price or something. <laughs> Keep that the fans somewhere. That might help. Yeah. So I guess I let's put know. it let's put it this way though. What would Saskatchewan need to do to make this a game or be even potentially pull this one off? I think that they need to watch the game film of Winnipeg from last or two weeks ago. That game here where the Bombers defense, which I hate our defense, somehow managed to actually not look like Swiss cheese. You know what I mean? Like they they made Vernon Adams do those deep throws early. And he's a good deep throw ball like thrower, but he just wasn't sinking them that day. And I think you need to somehow force him early into that. I need to make plays because I think he's still trying to show prove himself a little bit, which, hey, we all have to do. You know, anytime you've ever had a job. And you're told, oh, you're you're second now, or you lost your job to somebody else. You want to go out there and always prove that person that they were wrong for that, even if it's a new team and a new job now or new everything. So 
I think he still has that. So I think I saw that when he was here a couple weeks ago because Winnipeg was like, oh, Claros did like two or three deep balls in the first quarter for touchdowns or two of them yeah. at least. You know what I mean? Boom, boom, right boom, away. Boom. Just early on and just said, hey, this is my home. And then it forced VA to have to do that back. He kind of lost sight of the, I think he was slightly lost sight of the long game and said, oh, we need a touchdown now. And I think Saskatchewan might need to do that to him. Sunday afternoon, all the farmers are home from, the, you know, doing their stuff in Saskatchewan. They're going to keep it. They're still going to be decent loud, even if it's 20,000, right? It, it's I, I think they got the makings to be a little closer than nine and a half. But yeah, you're right. BC should just. Yeah, I, I, I think BC on just paper, has no reason. On paper, this is yeah. screaming blowout. Oh, 100%. Like if BC doesn't put up. 50 against them i'd be shocked you know in some way too right and because i'm not i'm not a big fan of saskatchewan's defense or offense so i think vernon adams is going to have the ball a lot so it depends on how they play it are they going to play conservative and just try to put up 25 to win you know 25 10 yeah you're gonna gonna feel you're gonna need the defense to take the ball away you're gonna need special teams to score too i think Mm -hmm. yeah and it's the annoying thing about the annoying thing about saskatchewan it's saskatchewan like how many? <laughs> oh man! Like I just I don't I'm not looking forward to Banjo Bowl Labor Day, man. Because if they win, Adam's never gonna let me hear the end of it. <laughs> I got his hat though. I got his hat. That's his hat. But isn't that half the fun though, right? Oh, it is. Oh, it is. And like you get it, Saskatchewan. Like the two teams I've traditionally hated the most are playing Sunday afternoon. Like as a Bomber fan, and if I take away everything else, so it's just it's kind of tough for me because there's a little part of me like, oh, I hope BC loses, but I also that also means Saskatchewan has to win. So it's like I don't know what I want. It's more. not close enough to the end of the season for you to go. This is a have to. Yeah. I have to. I have to hope the guys a green win, right? Like just I don't know, but yeah, it should be BC by solid touchdown if not more i could see that kind of game playing out and it's gonna be one of those games where saskatchewan i don't think ever really had a chance but it's not going to reflect necessarily on the scoreboard you know what i mean i think bc is going to dominate they'll get some field goals they'll dominate possession time like you said maybe get a special teams touchdown but when you look at it it's going to be 35 25 like it's going to look like saskatchewan was just one touchdown away from making it a game because that's what saskatchewan always kind of does Yep, and then yeah, and, and then, then gonna... and then and then with one, uh, I I would hate to be a Calgary fan this year because that game against Saskatchewan, like week two or three, I swear the ball bounced in such odd ways that Saskatchewan was gifted fourteen points by the football gods and they won by three. That's what I, that's what I mean. But that's football. It, you know. If if Fajardo threw the ball that far to the right a couple of years ago in 2019, you know we'd still maybe be on the 32 year drought, right? So always, it's a game of in inches, play. right? So always important. And, and I just and speaking of a game of inches too, I mean, what was it? Was it Nichols or Alford covering Acklin at the end in Hamilton, where the yeah. ball goes off the fingertip? Yeah, literal inches in that case. Yep. <laughs> So we have nothing to complain about. 
but we still will because we're bomber fans and that's oh, what we do, right? <laughs> bomber fan in our CF Discord when the bombers were up for 50, whatever. I was so mad about the triple fake reverse thing the bombers tried that game when we were up by like 30 points. And then someone like a BC fan was like, You're up 30. What are you complaining about? And I'm like, that stupid play. Like <laughs> keep that to Madden, man. Madden or longest yard. Like, I don't want to see that anywhere else. <laughs> I mean that's that's the that's the double edged sword that passion gives you, right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up for tonight. Uh, Trey, where can people find you? You can find me on whatever it's called now, X, Twitter, whatever, at Trey Harness Link. Um, my normal nine to five job is horse racing, so that's what I tweet about ninety nine percent of the time, and I sprinkle some CFL in there. There you go. And the Canadian Football Countdown can be found on YouTube, correct? And other places? Yeah, the, our main streaming is YouTube. Let me see. I don't even know because I'm always on it. I don't really watch it, I guess. I should. But um, <laughs> um yeah. But other yeah, people should. Yeah, other people should. If you follow me, I'll retweet it. We have a Discord now that we got a growing population on that we talk football 24-7 and we got other things on there and YouTube, I think Facebook Live, Twitter Live, we're all we're all over. All right, so look for the Canadian Football Countdown, another member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And for the Rouge, White, and Blue, have a good have a good day. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. <laughs>